This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the Manchester Football Social Legend Review. This is the Football Social. I'm Jim. Good evening. It's time to get Gary on the topic he's really good at, and that is talking football. This is the show where you get to talk about your team, and you can do it in the company of two people who don't just live, breathe, and probably eat football, but who mixed it with the best of them on, on the pitch as well. One for City and one for United. We've got Man City's Gary Owen on the blue side tonight. Evening, Gary. Evening, Jim. And for the Reds, we've got Manchester United's Mickey Thomas. Evening, Mickey. Jim, how are you? Very good, thank you. There is plenty to talk about today. Not least the comments by Gareth Southgate over the last 24 hours that Marcus Rashford needs to be playing more football. Well, your thoughts on that later, gents. Does Rashford need more gay time? Does he deserve more game time? And importantly, does he need to leave Manchester United to get that game time? Give me a call. 0345 7625 is the number. 87711 is the text number. We'll get to that very shortly. But first, let's talk England and the bumpy return to earth after the dramatic highs of the World Cup. There is no shame in losing to Spain, even if it was a reimagined Spain. But... Does it show exactly how far England have got to go to become one of the top nations in world football? Because right now, England are way off. And is it even possible to become one of the elite teams if you've got Gareth Southgate at the helm? Get involved. 0345 111 Gary, what did you make of England this weekend? Um, what did I make of them? Flattered to deceive a little bit. OK, they're playing against Spain, but let's not, let's not fool ourselves. Spain are in transition. They've lost players, Rodrigo and Sol, who scored. Would many would many people outside of Spain know those two players? No. But I think so. I believe Sol used to play for Bolton. Yeah, I think he's but a, a, Atletico now. Right. Uh, but, I mean, Rodrigo, I have no mm-hmm. idea. So, didn't transition. He came, to a, he came to Wembley. He used to be a fortress. I think it's the first time in 30 years that England have lost three games on the spin. Um, there was nothing to get me excited about. Played a bit of... Uh, pretty football for a while but no end product it's, it's okay playing pretty football that we like to see and not the ball about but there's got to be some end to it. it's no good doing 30 passes and not having some sort of opening to get shots on goal for me I think we flattered to deceive at the World Cup as well I've said that before and I'm, please don't think I'm just getting on that bandwagon because we got knocked out but 
you know, we played Panama, Tunisia and Sweden. Please. Not world giants by any stretch. The teams we played, we played Belgium, they beat us. We played Croatia, they beat us. Spain, they beat us. We've got a long way to go. But having said all that, with this negativity I'm trying to give, the positive is that individually the players, as good as as good as anybody in, in mm. European football, there's no two doubts about it. But <clears throat> what do you think we don't seem do you think to, we don't players? seem to to play or have that desire when we play international football like we do for club football. But are you've those had England great players good since '66. Since '66, you've had great individual players. You haven't had a team, have you? Mm. Um, I'm, I'm a neutral, of course, I'm Matt Walsman, but um, Gary just mentioned the World Cup. I don't think it was a great World Cup by any such imagination. I just think that England flattered to deceive, and I think that Spain game, and Gary Owen's quite right about the Spanish team. I didn't know want to see their players. They, you know, they are in transition, and uh, that was a bad result. Um, Southgate said he might not be there. Um, I think, me personally, I think maybe someone else with a better attitude than saying he won't be there get someone else in now. Well, is he the man to <laughs> guide that team to the future then? Is he the team to develop? He him? never changes it. <laughs> he never changes that, Mickey Thomas. <laughs> is, it, is it time to look for someone else? Is Gareth no. Southgate... Is Gareth Southgate... Don't just come into the game. But is he the right man? We look at England... Uh, there's no saying, right man. Listen, since 1966, what are we on to now? And you're... you're you're adding up, it's a lot better than mine and Mickey's. But how many years it's been since the World Cup? Too many. 50 odd. 68. Yeah, well. No, something like that. And we've had so many managers from social, uh, from believing that some of the best that, that you could get down to some that we've scratched our head about. But they've all had a go to it and nobody's got it right. I think the problem is, is uh, there's, there's a problem between youth under 20s and that gap from under 20s into senior because mm. we have no problem winning World Cups, European Championships at younger levels. Right up to 20s we won the World Cup. Under 21s, okay. But then that gap then between 21s and making that breakthrough into the, into the full side, that's where it's falling down. Now, maybe, Gareth Southgate said that he's talking about Rashford, maybe he needs to play more. Maybe he does, but Mickey Thomas will probably tell me that Rashford last year played... Okay, may not started, but played over fifty games for United. Well, I'm, I'm not even going to let Mickey. Wants to play him, I'm not going to uh, let you answer that, Mickey, because we're going to talk about that a little bit. Yeah. I'm going to get okay. onto that very shortly. Instead, we're going to speak to Neil, who's on the phone. Evening, Neil. Evening, Neil. Evening, fellas. How are you doing? Hi, Neil. Hi, Neil. Were you impressed with your England team last night? Are they going to be destined for the elite level of football? <laughs> Um, no, we're not elite. I, I thought they actually played fairly well. Um, Rashford might have got, well, he probably should have got more than he did. I mean, he had chances. I think we'll always actually, we've got enough to create teams' problems. We've got plenty of energy in the team. We've got plenty of pace. We have good players. I just don't think we have any real elite players. I mean, um, when I came onto the phone with your colleague there, I said, I mean, you, I made the point about, say, Croatia and Belgium. You look at Belgium, they've got Hazard, De Bruyne. These people can take games by the mm. scuff of the neck. They can turn games themselves. Um, they can take games away from you. Croatia have got Modric. You know, these absolute world-class players, I don't think we possess any of them at the moment. Um, I mean, when I was growing up, my favourite England players, I'm a City fan, but it was uh, Kevin Keegan, Brian Robson, absolute world-class players. We just don't, we haven't had them since probably, we had, we had a great side, didn't we, at 102. We probably should have won the 2002 World Cup, to be fair, with the quality of players we had then. But it seems to have tailed off since then. Now, Obviously, like I heard the guy saying about under-17 world champs, the 90s, 20s, 21s. I mean, these we're talking about world champions and European champions. So 
when, like, I, when Gary was saying, where did he go from that, at that age to then convert into the full team? I mean, I, I don't really see it. If I fell phone at City, he's not getting enough game time. So if you put him out on loan, offer him out to another Premier League club, what do you do? Because you, when you've got that much sort of talent at your disposal, you can't chew on him into the side. So You know what? You I mean, you're, you're right what you're saying there. And the, the, the bad thing about it is the way the football modern game's gone. Now, Gary Huntsman, right, and myself... At 17, I want to be in the first team, not the under-21s, under-23s. You want to be in the first team. And those opportunities are very limited because the pressure at the top is, is obviously for a manager to get results. And that's why sometimes these youngsters like Ampadu that played for Wales the other day, you know, Ryan's given that opportunity. You know, they don't get that at club level. They have well, to go why isn't this reflected at other nations then, Mickey? Because you've got pressure in the Italian leagues. You've got pressure in the Spanish leagues. Yet they seem to have young players that are breaking through. But the Brazilian leagues, I mean, you've got Brazilian players. The under-18s aren't playing in Brazil. They're going to Spain and they might be going out on loan or signing to Real Madrid and going out on loan, but they're still developing in a way that English players aren't. Well, developing should be quickly, not long-term. Yeah, but none of these players that you mentioned for many are play There's not many young players are playing at Barcelona or Real Madrid. Well, this is my point. They're not getting the chances there. They're not playing there. They're going because out on loan there. I think the top team in Europe have to win. They have to stay there. And they have, they've they got to continue. So now clubs are trying to find that duel that comes through that will eventually get into that first team. Uh, as we just spoke now, Phil Foden is a great example. What a great player. But if your job depends week in, week out, would you pick him above David Silva? The answer is... Probably no. Would you pick? Gundogan's getting plenty of game time at the moment, though, Gary. Yeah. I, I, I would play him ahead of Gundogan personally, from well, what I've seen. Well, you would, you may do. Uh, I, I may do, but um, I think it's very hard to argue against uh, um, Guardiola, who's working with him <laughs> yeah. week in, what does he uh, know? day in, day out, <laughs> week in, week out. You know, he's giving him his his time, but sometimes players need to need to be nurtured and come through slowly, and eventually, you know stand on their own two feet. and, and we already had one lap. With his Sandro, he went off to Dortmund, I think it was. Yeah, he did. But but Sandro is not going to get in above, um, bless him, above uh, Sane. Even Sane's not getting in at the moment. Above Sane or Raheem Sterling. So he, he, we have to make a decision, which we wanted to keep him, but he decided he wants to go and play football now. So whether or not he comes out and is the next greatest player, we'll have to wait and see on that. But if a player decides he wants to go and he's out of contract, there's not much he can do. I say fair play to him for it. I mean, yeah, a, a young kid who actually wants to play football and better himself, I think it's a great thing to see. Yes, it is. But also, you could also say about uh, young F Phil Foden, he um, he didn't want to go out on loan. Neither does uh, um, Diaz. They don't want to go out on loan. They want to stay and, and stay at Manchester City and have their chances, but working with those players day and day out because they're learning a lot from playing with those players. But I agree with you. They've got to get some some uh, some game time Higher than, uh, well, there's no reserve teams now, under 23s mm. or uh, uh, EDF. So they yeah. need to be able to to be playing at a higher level. And that means going out on loan. But, you know, it's a, it's a fine line between whether or not you need him for the squad or whether or not it will do them more good and the club good, send him out on loans. But I can't make the decision. You can't make the decision. Only the people working no. with them day in, day out. So 
You know, exactly. we have to trust. We have to trust uh, the hierarchy and the management staff at City. That's what we can do it. You have to look at England as a setup as well, and because of their success in the younger tournaments, the under 17s, mm. 19s, 21, and it is recent success, so it won't be an immediate impact on the full team yeah. where we see that happening. So it will be the next four, five, six years. I think what Southgate will. I think what Southgate will do. I think he'll bring some of these young players in and give them the experience mm. of the England atmosphere, the England setup. Being amongst those England players, know what it's like to be a full a full England international, and maybe then, as other managers are doing at club level, bring him in slowly, give him half an hour, give him a game every now and again. But you know, you you have to nurture him. So sometimes you can chuck him in the deep end too too soon. They can't swim. So Neil, is it a case of just lowering our expectations? We all got carried away during the World Cup. We all got it's coming home tattooed on our foreheads over that fortnight. But now is it time to reset expectations and go? We aren't an England team that are going to be in the top four of the world. We shouldn't have really been in the semi-final. We had an easy draw to get there. So let's temper expectations, stay in the top ten of world football, and that'll have to do. Yeah, absolutely. For the time being, I think anybody that does watch football on a regular basis. Sort of knew that anyway. I mean, you look at who we actually played, Tunisia, Panama, poor sides, Colombia just tried to kick us off the park. But yeah. we did play an actual quality side with Belgium, Croatia. We saw what happened. So, yeah, we just need to be a bit patient. As you say, we've got all these young players that hopefully will come through. And we've got the likes of Alexander-Arnold. He's doing really well at Liverpool as well. So, there are young players there. And as you say, it's just going to take time. But, but, hey, I agree with what you're saying. Be patient, but... There's no guarantee that these players that we're on about, the youngsters coming through, will be able to reduce what you want from the 66 side. I mean, the 66 side wasn't full of world-class players, was nope. it? But they were a team. And I think, you know, waiting and waiting like you do, like we do at Wells, and that's, but we, we're giving these opportunities now to these youngsters, very, very young players, to give them a chance to play at that but level. But do you think that... Uh Wales, though, they don't have the luxury as England to be able to choose that many players. No, so true. Ryan Giggs is, is is looking around and, and yeah. looking to build, which is absolutely right. With England, it's a little bit, a little bit you're spoiled for choice because there's so many players that we could all sit down here, choose our squad, and, and not yeah. one of us, including the call here now, not one of us would choose the same squad. Mm. You know, <laughs> I, I, the article before the World Cup, I can't remember which one wrote it, but it said that, you know, we'll be happy with a... With a quarter final or semi final, you know, and, and we, you know, we'll wait, you know, we'll wait for a few more years till we're better. But that never happens. That never materializes. So you've got to do it now. Never mind about the future. You've got to do it now. Always Absolutely. waiting. England fans are always waiting. Neil, thank you for your call. Cheers, Appreciate you, that. Neil. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, Jim. Cheers, Jim. Oh three four five triple one seventy six twenty five is the number to call. Eight double seven double one is the text number. You talked there, Gary, about the team in general and how there are players there that you could hold up. To say a Belgian team, you have world-class players mm. like Harry Kane is a world-class player. If Harry Kane came on the market, trust me, Real Madrid, all the top teams would go out and buy Harry so Kane. So where are the deficiencies in that team? Where isn't it I think, quite clicking? I think I think in midfield. I think midfield is where we uh, where we struggle for creativity. I mean, Hazard can drop from being a forward into a midfield mm. and create. You've got De Bruyne in there. Dembele, OK, he's not everybody's cup of tea, but does a great job for them in Good their player. side that they've got. So they've got good midfield players at the back, Vertonghen, Ardeveld, yeah, the the good players, of course they are. But we've got good players at the back. I think it's that that part where the creativity, which I'm sorry, I don't see any great creativity in our midfield from any Plenty that of went pace. to the World Cup or from um, from any any seem to be coming through. Loftus Cheek, yes. He needs to be given a chance, you know. Young Foden needs to be given a chance. There'll be young players who's coming through, but maybe 
Maybe now is not the time yet. But we'll get Loftus-Cheek. He had to go to Crystal Palace to get a game. Where's, it, where's he going to play this season? I don't know. But a lot of talent there and a lot of potential there yeah. as well. Uh, obviously, there was a talking point with Rashford and his the comments from Southgate after the game saying that he needs more game time. We will get onto that shortly. Your views on that. 0345 7625 is the number. But from a Manchester United perspective, the other big talking point was Luke Shaw and what looked like an incredibly serious injury on the night. It now looks like it was concussion. I believe he's flown back to Manchester today to be dealt with by the Manchester United medical team now. Possibly not going to make it for the weekend, but firstly, so important that he hasn't been seriously injured, Mickey, because he has been a revelation this season for United. Yeah, I mean, he's getting more game time. The ball he made for Rashford for England's Great goal, ball. outstanding. If anyone else did that, we talk about day in, day out. But yeah, he's back to what he was. Um, unfortunately, he picked up that injury. Um, I think with the head injuries, you, know, you have to have what a two-week period, or is it more than that? Yeah, you do need to have... You can't play in the next game, I think, no. or something, because you... It, it is that, but you know, I felt really sorry. I went. I mean, this is how how crazy it is. I went out just literally to make a cup of tea. Come back in, he's on the floor, mm. and my first thought was his leg. Yeah, yeah that's my I first thought. And I was almost re- well. I was relieved when I found out. Well, I was relieved he's okay, of course. But I was relieved that it wasn't his his leg, and it you know it was another injury. But um, I mean, listen, it, he's had some terrible luck. I mean, really, really bad luck. Gets back in the United team, back in the England team. I hope he's okay, and I'm delighted that you just said now that um, he'll be assessed now by United, and everything must be okay because we've not heard anything anything different. So hopefully he'll recover very quickly. When when you look at him as a player who's been injured, not so seriously this time, but it could have been very seriously in the past. He was talking last week about how he almost lost his leg as a result of the double leg break. There was a chance that might have happened. You both have been injured as players, and I'm yeah. sure you've been hurt in bad tackles at some point during your careers. What's it like making that recovery? What's it like stepping onto the pitch for the first time when you're fully fit and you've got a six and a half stone centre back flying towards your shin? What's six and a half stone. You had a very serious injury at home. Yeah, I've had. Listen, I've I've got a plate inside my leg. I've got ten percent of my calf muscle missing. And when you're out for length of time, it is soul destroying, and even more so. In How our long were you out for that? It was lengthy. Yeah. Well, first of all. Uh, you remember Bobby Barnes, the black player yes, that played at, yeah. at West Ham? He's, he's, a, he's part of the PFA now. Bobby came into a challenge intimate at West Ham. Nothing malicious about it. I just on one leg tried to spin him and on my standing leg, he hit my standing leg mm. and uh, the fibula, it broke in two places. Now I was wrongly diagnosed. Eventually, I was diagnosed right. J- just shows you in years gone by, wrong diagnosis. So eventually there were two cracks in there. They put a steel plate in it and after that, you played, but I was like out for nearly six months. But coming back, you do have doubts. First challenge and all this stuff. But after the first game goes on and the minutes go by, you get involved in the game and you forget about your injury because you, you're you back into it. It's only if something happens that maybe relates to that injury that brings it flooding back. But it does take time. And playing football <clears> helps you helps you get rid of the uh, of, of the negativity. Look at uh, Luke Shaw. It took him a little bit more time. But he looks a different player this season than what he did last season. And there's been certainly no signs, Mickey, of him having second thoughts about any committed tackle. I mean, the, t- the no, the, the, I mean he, he, he's very confident now because he's getting game time, uh, Joe, and that, that for Jim, I should say, it, he is a, a guy that needs that confidence because you have to understand because at one time he thought he'd never play again, oh, and that was a scary moment for him. Mm. But he's back now and he, he's confident. He, he's breaking forward. That's his strength in that final third. 
And the, and I think the ball he made for Rashford goal I mentioned just before Fantastic pass. was a magnificent ball. Um and they obviously took it well by Rashford, but the ball made the goal, wasn't it? The I thought on his first touch he'd knocked it too far. Uh, he did. He lucky uh, he decided yeah. to close him down. Yeah, I thought he knocked it too far. Yeah. And then when he went to pass it, I thought, oh, he's passing the book here. He should go straight for goal. He's got pace. He's got mm. one, in, one man in front of him. Knock it past and get a shot on goal. But he obviously knew what he was doing. Great what ball. a Great fantastic ball. weighted pass. Any midfield player would have been uh, proud of that pass. We'll be talking about the scorer of that goal, Marcus Rashford, very soon and whether his future lies at United. Again, we're talking about this because Gareth Southgate, from his comments, says Rashford needs more game time. 0345 is the number to get us on. We'll talk about that very soon on the XS Manchester Football Social. This is the Manchester Football Social. Legend Review. This is the Excess Manchester Football Social. I've got Gary Owen, Man City player, and Mickey Thomas, Manchester United player in the studio. Evening, boys. Evening, Jim. Hello, James again. It's international break, so I suppose I should really refer to you as England's Gary Owen and Wales' is Mickey Thomas. And you both played at international level. Gary, I think you were the most capped player at under-21 level. Is that right? Yeah, you can't get him a draw for those caps now. It's <laughs> <just, laughs> not a draw deep enough. So you come in wearing them every single day. Yeah, and Mickey, you obviously played I turn them around now for speed. <laughs> But, I mean, it seems that in your day, people were desperately passionate, players and fans for the international teams. And that passion seems to have waned slightly. We've seen a lot of players dropping out of the team over the last 24 hours, the last 48 hours because of minor injuries, niggles and whatnot. Would that have happened back when you boys were playing or was there a real desire to get on the pitch for your country? Yeah, it would have happened. Um, I, I think for different reasons, people will know... Um, the amount of travelling we did in those days as well. I did it now, of course I do, but a bit, bit more comfortable these days, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, I think sometimes when you play league, you know, for your club, you, you have to go away with the national side. People think, oh, maybe I, I don't, I need the rest in that. And um, yeah, some people missed it. I know they, they did that for a fact, but I think they still do it now, Jim. But do, are they are they not bothered? I think some of them are. I think majority of them are, aren't they? You want to play for England, guys? Yeah, I want yeah, to play for. Of course, for you want to play. Don't think oh. people aren't. not say aren't bothered. Maybe you know one or two things that t- hampered their way along the way. I think there's a lot of pressure from inside the clubs as well now mm. because there's so much, so many games coming thick and fast. Yeah. As well as international football, even even going back, it was always you know it was it was them yeah, against my us biggest sort of thing, thing club to against play for country. country like you are. Mm. Biggest, biggest but listen, thing. as a player, you'd always want to play for your country. I don't care. You, you're never tired to be called up for your country. Definitely not. No. But your club plays your pays your wages. It does. Yeah. Of course, it does. Mortgage. But yeah, of course it does, but the you know, I think the ice only you can get is, is to play for your country. Of course mm. it is. You're to, play for your country in any sport. So, um, you know, I know times have changed, but I would not for one second ever, if I was fit enough and or or get persuaded not to go and represent my country. We are in the middle of the international break, of course. England played Spain at the weekend. They're going to be playing Switzerland tomorrow night. Rumours are there could be nine changes in that first team to face. Switzerland compared to the lineup against Spain, and it was a strong lineup against Spain, and it was a disappointing result. But as Gary says, this isn't the Spain that won the European Championships. This isn't the Spain that won the World Cup. And to tell us a little bit more about that Spain side that just beat England and how they are redeveloping and growing again and rising like a phoenix from the ashes. Have we got Ollie Miller, who is a freelance football writer from Spanish? Sorry, a freelance football writer for Spanish website football 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 dot football. Hey, Ollie, you okay? 
Yes, good evening. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks for coming on. So tell us a little bit about this Spain team, because they aren't the team that enjoyed the glory days of old. They're a bit of a new-look outfit, and it was important to get off to a decent win in the Nations League following what was a very disappointing World Cup campaign. Yeah, it was a very big game for the Spanish, actually. It was a very big occasion because this was Luis Enrique's first match as manager. And the motto that was sort of branded around by the federation was Nueva Ilusión, which means a new dream. And basically what, what, they're, what they're after, essentially, was a pickup. After three successful tournaments, they've had three very disappointing tournaments. Not only that, but they were playing at Wembley, which they haven't won since, uh, since 1981. And also they're playing against England, of course, World Cup semi-finalists. So it was a very big deal for them. And I think they got a lot of positives out of it. A lot of positives. And not only being the first match, but there's also plenty of new players involved. And I know Isco especially, and also Saul, who's got one of the goals. They impressed the manager, and the manager was very impressed and very happy with their performance. And he said that they they competed well. And I think it was a very good start to the Luis Enrique era. I mean, England have been in a transitional period since 1966 now, so it's a bit longer than Spain's, which hopefully will probably be four or five years. Is the aim to be back up amongst the elite clubs in the world for Spain, or are they there already? How is the, are the young players there and coming through that can make that step up and be the next Xavi's uh, or Alonso's or whatever? Yeah, very interestingly, actually. It was only three uh, of the Spanish players who were involved in the successful period were in this squad, only three, and that was... Sergio Ramos, Busquets, and also uh, Albiol, who's just come back, actually, after a couple of years out of the uh, national team. And only 11 players, surprisingly, were in the the World Cup squad three months ago. So that tells you quite a lot about, you know, the change in personnel. In terms of the style, they are are very minimal changes. They're going to be slight nuances, slight changes in the style that Enrique is going to bring in. They're doing what works for them, and that's possession-based football, these guys have been playing it for you know, 20, 30 years. It's what they've been doing since they were ch- children. And only small differences. So, you know, mixing up the possession game with some you know, quicker breaks. And that's why Isco, that's why Rodrigo from Valencia, they both played on Saturday. Obviously, Diego Costa was, was originally in the squad, but uh, he had to pull out for personal reasons. But even so, I think that Rodrigo and Aspas, more sort of busybody players, are more suited to this Enrique style rather than a bulldozer sort of like of Diego Costa or Alvaro Morato. So I think in terms of the style, there'll be, there will be few changes. There'll be subtle changes of anything. What more really what Luis Enrique is about is bringing the discipline in, bringing in the renewed hunger. And that's what he'll aim to do in the coming months. What's the difference between the Spanish and the way they nurture talent and the English and the way we nurture talent? Because we've been talking about how there doesn't seem to be any bleed through from the under-17s, under-20s teams that are developing great players and winning tournaments, but they don't seem to make that jump effectively, not just in international level, but also at club level as well. So how is that handled differently in Spain? And what can England learn from that? Quite simply, they all play a very similar style, as I just said. Very, you know, they all, they're made to appreciate the football. They're made to appreciate how to pass the ball. And watching on Saturday, you could quite clearly see that these guys were passing with authority, they were passing with knowledge, they were passing with experience. And that's something that, that they've been, you know, that's drilled into them over many years. The differences with, with the Spain and how they approach them, obviously, Amathea, Barcelona, you know, the famous Barcelona Academy has a lot to play in this. 
But interestingly, the Spanish squad this time around featured more Real Madrid players than Barcelona players. And I think that does show a quite, you know, a, a sort of a, a slight tipping of, of the points sort of uh, in, in that more individualistic players are coming through rather than the Barcelona sort of well, you know, very well drilled and very uh, in the La Masia project. In terms of England, they, 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 as you say, they seem to they seem to drop off after the under twenty ones, and the Spanish don't let them. The Spanish make sure that they are playing regular first team football, whether that be lower lower in the in La Liga or even in the second division. Go and play, play, you know, as much as you can every season, and that brings, I would say, that brings that experience, that brings that knowledge, and that's what the Spanish players have. Well, Matt, can you just say something? That's it's right what you're saying, but you know, England have done it in the in the past. Beckham. Until to Preston, mm. different team yeah. players. Uh, um, Kane went out to think to uh, Orient to think somewhere. So mm-hmm. it's, it's not as though England players don't go. Uh, these England players that we have go don't go out on loan because they, they've all had experience at, at different yeah. places. I, I just think um, when you think in the Spanish side now, there's no PK Silva or Iniesta. Those three that retired in the summer, so they're in transition um, uh, space. But you know, and and when you go like for like, and you look at, at, at the players, the only place I see difference, I, I would I would think that um, England is stronger on on the if you look at the the forward players that Spain had available uh, the weekend and England, I think the forwards were better for England than Spain. You may argue with that, but I think the difference again is the midfield. I think midfield where we seem to fall down England, where the Belgians, the Spains, the Germanys just seem to have a bit more creativity than what England do. Yeah, yeah, I, I would agree with that. Well, just one thing on the on the England point of view. Mm. In terms of the, the successful teams we've had in the past 12 to 18 months, the under-21s and the under-17s and that, not many, of, although they're still in the academies, I know they're still very young, but especially the under-21 level, they are not really playing first-team football that much. Whereas in whereas the Spanish under twenty ones, they are all even if they're lower down in our Liga, they are playing thirty plus games every season. You know, good level. But going back onto the uh, onto, onto your other point in terms of the midfield, I, I would certainly agree. That's where that's where England needs. That's where England are lacking a, a, a real player. And Ruben Loftus-Cheek would argue is, is someone who could maybe fill that void. Or ben, yeah, Phil Foden as well. Still very young, but I think he's got the potential to maybe that that role is there for the taking. It's something they've lacked for some years, and I think that it's it's a case of talent. And Gareth Southgate himself has pointed out that he's only got a limited choice. There's only so much stock in the wardrobe, and and I think that's more down to simply talent as opposed to the the system and and the nurturing of the talent. Well, if you look at the World Cup, we played Spain in the World Cup in the World Cup twenties and, and beat Spain in the final. I think mm. Spain were leading two 0 and England came back and won five two in the end. And those players will go through that, will go through the system in Spain and eventually get into international team. In England, that doesn't seem to happen. There'll be some. If you look but all when the under twenty ones play under twenty ones or under twenty yeah, threes, it's a different yeah. type of football. It is, isn't but it? you watch the Spanish, you watch the Germans, you watch uh, all the different nationalities. Those players that come through the system eventually get into the into the uh, into the full squad. I'm not sure that happens as many times through the England system uh, than it does in other countries. Maguire. Mm. He just seemed to be plucked straight into the into the England squad for the World Cup, you know. So uh, playing at Hull, then goes to Leicester, then gets put straight into. England. Hey, I'm not denying that 
he's not good enough to there, but the system doesn't seem to work for us as well as it does for the country. It doesn't, certainly, and no one seems to know what the answer is. I think the answer to England's problems is either Jack Walsh getting good at football again and being that crazy midfielder, or Kevin De Bruyne finding an English passport. <laughs> it's one of those two options for me. Ollie, thank you very much for your call, mate. Really Too appreciate long. you coming on. That's Ollie Miller from Football, football.football, the Spanish football writing website. Right, we wanted to talk about Marcus Rashford. I know Mickey wants to get in on this one because it seems that Gareth Southgate was suggesting that Rashford, or saying that Rashford needs more game time he is going to fulfil his potential playing for not only England but also for Manchester United. Mickey, what did you make of those comments? Did you think it was well, unusual that Southgate he, made he wants it? to play um, more game time and I think Marino wants to play him on Saturday but unfortunately he's got a ban so I mean that can't be Marino's fault. <laughs> no. But what no, about the other I, three no, years is, that preceded it? Gio knows. I, we, we've both been players. You want to play every game, don't you? I wanted to play every game. Gary wanted to play every game. Unfortunately, the modern game doesn't let you do that no more. They have a bigger squad. They have a um, tactical thing for different games, different players for different styles of teams. But uh, we're not talking squad rotation that's the issue with Rashford getting game yeah, time. Yeah, I understand. It's when he plays, time. he's it's, not playing well, in the position he wants to either, well, it down, it comes down to Jose Mourinho playing in week in, week out. He doesn't seem to do that. Well, when you said about d- different, a different position, because the formation that United plays, 4-5-1. Yep. That's the way they play, so they don't play with two they have, a, they have essentially four players yeah. wanting and, to play in one it's position. it's rarely that they play with two up front. It's difficult, but he has such a, an ability, you know, he showed the other night with his goal, maybe had one or two more. He but he been. is a player that, you know, when he's on his game and he, he's powerful, scares defences, he's got, you know, good confidence. But we're not in this situation no more, Gary, are we? we we're not in that dressing room now where you're not going to get week in, week out. Very rarely... I mean, David Silva, does he ever get rested? Kevin uh, no, well, he's, he was enforced the, the, rest the, because of his... Most teams do it, Jim. It's not just Manchester United. Born early, so. No, but we're saying in one breath that players need more game time, that we've got yeah. a gap between under-17s, under-20s and players moving yeah. through. Here we have a young talent who's 20 years old and the England manager is saying this player needs to play more if yeah. he is going to develop and yet yeah. he isn't getting that game time at United. I completely take the point and completely understand that Listen, the way Jim, they are pl- uh, rotating... To counteract but- that... Gareth Southgate is manager of England. They don't play every week. Now, would he have a different uh, thinking if he was a manager of a nas- uh, an English team? You know, in the Premier League, would he have a different way of, of doing it? You know, it's all right him being England manager. He's only getting, what, three or four games or five games a, se- a year. So, yeah, it's different for him. But Rashford has, and in the break, we're going to the next break, it'd be interesting to we can have a look up how many games he played for United. OK, I'm not saying started. How many games was involved mm. with United? 35 games for United last season. 67 minutes against Leicester this season, 45 minutes against Brighton this season, and 10 minutes against Burnley. How many of course, games he was gone? sent off in that game. So there's three I'm games, he's played in all three games. Yeah. So you look at those stats, it suggests he is playing football. But not playing, not not getting the 90 minutes as much as as, as most players would like, as Rashford would like, as Gareth Southgate, as the England manager, mm-hmm. would like. But rotation now is... Is the name of the game in the Premier League. I mean, look at who you are. Firmino at Liverpool plays sometimes. Sometimes he doesn't. He's left out. Uh, there's only Salah really that starts every game when he's fit. United. Uh, Lukaku will start if he's fit, of course. Does. And if United play five midfield, one up front, is that... It's either Lukaku or Rashford, and it's going to be Lukaku. So then, I, if you're going to put him in the side, he's going to play left or right, which means he's out out of position. For, I think that's what Southgate's suggesting: is he needs to play in the position that he wants to play, which well, is. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I understand. Where all played together? Yes, he played 
uh, two together, I think, twice out of the four games we played, or three games where we played this season. You played two up front, but a lot last season, one played or the other. Got Dylan on the phone. Evening, Dylan. How you doing? I, yeah, right. I'm fine, thanks. Very good. You get to call 0345 treble one seventy six twenty five. If anyone else wants to get involved in today's show, your thoughts on Marcus Rashford? You're an you're a United fan? Yeah, season ticket holder. I've been for a few years now. Um, Obviously, you're not going to advocate that um, Rashford needs to leave United, then. No, and there's plenty of reasons for that. But the first one is you've been saying he's not been playing enough games, and over the last three seasons. Nobody has actually featured more for Man United. Not I think, I, think I said that. I said he played probably yeah. 54 games last year, but maybe not started every one. Right. And then the next kind of thing to that is you were then saying he's not getting the 90 minutes in all of those games. But you also mentioned that he is the player who's got the most competition. He's got Anthony Martial and he's got Alexis Sanchez both playing where he plays. So naturally, he is going to be the manager's first choice to bring off in those games if he does start or he's going to be the manager's first thought to bring on later on in those games if he didn't start mm-hmm. because you want to give these talented players who you've got three of playing on the left wing, you want to give them all game time, don't you? Because obviously they are the threat. I think Rashford's biggest problem recently is when he is on the pitch whether it be for 15 minutes an hour or the full game he's not putting chances away he's making the wrong decisions that probably comes from his immaturity maybe at 20 years old he flashed onto the scene and everyone kind of threw all of this he is the next wonder kid kind of kind of expected him to be what yeah. say Kylian Mbappe is now for France kind of this absolute thunderstorm of a player and not every player progresses at the same rate you look at say Jesse Lingard broke into the United first team at 23-24 say he wasn't he wasn't featuring every week for the first team at 18-19 he just wasn't that player yet he had to go and get that experience so no I don't think Rashford should leave as such to get his game time he just got to wait his turn show his form which will come because Mourinho seems to like him as a player in the squad he, he likes to use him I think he sees him as like a, a spark in the team and I, I think that's obviously a good thing for Rashford and for Mourinho to have He seems like a player that would benefit from the consistency of playing in the same position for long periods of time and getting that confidence we all know how strikers respond to confidence it's a football cliche but it's a football cliche Absolutely, because yeah. it's true so does actually what he need, does he need and I'm not wishing injuries on anybody but he doesn't need the kind of opportunity he had when he first made that United debut where a player gets injured and he's called um, in and he has that run in the team but more to that I think when if you look at when Lukaku doesn't play Rashford is the number nine just when, when, whenever you see Lukaku maybe comes out because he's just played 30 games or something stupid in a row or he's picked up a knock in maybe or maybe in some of the cup games Rashford is always chosen as that number nine it's never Martial it's never say Sanchez it's always Marcus Rashford so he's obviously seen as the second best number nine at the club but I don't, I don't know whether this is just my opinion or whether it's kind of a more widely seen thing. I don't see Marcus Rashford as a natural finisher. I think he scores the harder chances. I remember watching him in the youth when he first kind of 
started to come to prominence at United and he was a number 10. He wasn't the goal scorer. He was a number 10 he liked to get on the ball. And I think you still see that a lot now, which is probably why he's used on the wing a lot. He likes the ball at his feet and he likes to be able to run at people. I don't see him as a fox-in-the-box kind of player. He's, he's, he's not the best at nodding in a cross that's been looped into him. He's, he's dangerous, obviously, coming round the back of his man, but obviously he can do that from the wing or as the number nine. So, yeah, I think as a number nine, Rashford struggles purely through his finishing. I think he makes the wrong decisions a lot. He did it for England the other night. He kind of got through. He did his man. He absolutely ruined him. Like, a couple of step-overs and he was through one-on-one. And he just hits it. Dylan, I'm going to have to cut you off, mate, because we've got to move on. But thank you very much for calling. Really appreciate you getting involved. We'll react to that in a minute. And I've got an interesting text and tweets from a couple of years as well, which we'll get through. 0345 is the number if you want to get involved. 8771 on the text. We'll speak next on the Excess Manchester Football Social. This is the Manchester Football Social Legend Review. This is the Excess Manchester Football Social, where our legends cast an eye over the weekend's results. Mickey Thomas for Manchester United, Gary Owen for Man City. Two players that both kick, played the game and kicked the ball in anger, as well as knowing all about the game as well. We were talking about Marcus Rashford a minute ago, and Gareth Southgate's comments that he needs more game time if he's going to develop. Interesting tweet here from Julian, which I'm just going to put to you boys. And he says, Manchester United don't have a right winger now. So if Marcus Rashford wants more game time, it's up to him to train and improve and claim that position for himself. Would you agree with those comments? Is part of this down to Rashford to actually find the opportunity and become the player that Jose Mourinho wants him to become? Well, I mean, um, he's got his own way of identity of playing than he has. He's a, he's a footballer that's come on and he burst onto the scene with magnificent. But Gaz knows <laughs> you don't, trained to be in one position do you you don't yeah. do that day in day out <laughs> you, you know you, you're natural aren't you even a natural guy is a natural you just do what you know is best for you you, you can play in that position but it's it's, yeah. it's not it's like asking uh, Lukaku to go and play on the left wing yeah. he, can, he can adapt there but his, his strength is not being he's not being out wide and players do move positions neither, like Henri neither is Martial's strength being out wide they bought him as a centre forward he played at Monaco and he and you know, I think with all the added extras, went up to fifty-eight million for a young boy. And ever since he's been there, he's playing yeah. on the left-hand side. You know, he started off well for United, but he's 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 playing in that position. But he's not a left winger. Rashford is not a wide player. He can play there, but he's not his position. Now, if he thinks that's the only way to stay at Manchester United and play a regular, is to get himself into a wide position. Well, that's up to him to decide. Mm. But you know, <laughs> trying to recreate and be the player that. A position in the team is needed for before you know where you are before you get to that stage United well, we're not angry about they would have brought somebody who can play that position yeah, he's, not a, he's not a right winger I think he, you know, he can play in various positions but certainly I don't see him occupying that right inside you know he's me. better on the left coming in on his right yep. he's more powerful can you know, be explosive and score goals Thank you for your thoughts, gents. Right, I'm going to finish on a little bit of a game today because there are some unusual appearances in the England lineup due to injury and dropout. Ben Chilwell, Damian Gray, Marcus Benatelli, James Taroski are all players that have been called up. So I wanted to take a look at some of the more unusual players who have pulled on the England shirt in the past. Players who only have one international cap to their name in a game I'm calling One Cap Wonders. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you the initials of a player and the club they played for, and I want you to tell me who the player is who got one and only one cap for England, OK? 
Are we yeah. all clear? Good. Yeah, right. Clear. Right, your first one. Played for Liverpool. Initials NR. He'd know this. What is it? Played for Liverpool. Initials NR. One of the most terrifying centre-backs of Premier League history. Ruddock. Ruddock. Neil Razor Ruddock. Correct. One point. I'm surprised he got one. Next up. Blackburn. <laughs> all, I'm surprised all of these got a cap, to be honest okay, with you. Come on. Blackburn Rovers, CS. Sutton. Correct. Chris Sutton. Amazing. Only got one England cap. It was 11 minutes against Cameroon. Yeah, and it, when it, consider his partnership mm. with Shearer, what a strike force that could have been. Right, your next one. Preston North End, initials DN. Nugent. David Nugent. Well done. Gary's good at this game. One Can't cap. One goal. Goal. I'm not bothered. Yeah. <laughs> Just one goal against Andorra, and he nicked it off Jermaine Defoe's toe, if you remember as well. No, I don't remember. DA, West Ham United. DA. Now you've got Dean Ashton. Dean Ashton, well done, Michael. Mickey. Good grab there. Give me five, baby. An England career that was ended by Sean Wright Phillips in a tackle in the training ground. Oh, no. Bolton Wanderers, KD. Kevin Davis. Davis. Kevin Davis, well done. Do you know what his record was when he made his England nope. debut? He was the oldest player to yeah. play for England in really? 60 years. Yeah, yeah. Didn't score in his game. He, he got a yellow he card. He should have got a call up before. Sam wasn't on his call. side then, Jim. No, it was not. Final one, see how you do with this. I think Gary's well ahead, but you might steal a bit back here, Mickey. Last one, Wolverhampton Wanderers. The player is MJ. I'll give him this one. What was no, it? No. MJ. Wolverhampton Wanderers. Uh, Matt Jarvis. Went on to play for Matt Jarvis, it was, correct. You know something, he was a good player at the time, but then when he got the England... He was, yeah, he was good, yeah. Yeah, when he got the England squad. Just vanished. Yeah, he did, yeah. There were a fair few strange call-ups under Fabio mm. Capello, and I think England fans who are whinging about the World Cup campaign and whinging about losing to Spain at the weekend need to remember exactly what it was like watching football under Fabio Capello, because it's a lot better now. A lot better now. I'm just going to wrap up on a bit of transfer news because apparently Ajax have rejected two offers for City target De Jong. That's Frankie De Jong. That's according to a Spanish newspaper. Not Nigel De Jong. Not Nigel De Jong, no. (laughs) 21 years old, 50 million euros apparently is the money being... Offered about. That's about our level, that 50. We don't what? go above, we don't go below it. Well, he seemed as a replacement for um, Fernandinho in the January transfer window. And that City honest, do need backup in that position, don't they? Of course. We looked at Jorginho. He went to uh, Chelsea to go with Sarri. Um, but I've got to say to you, you've got me on that one. I don't... I said to you when you, you mentioned him earlier, wasn't mm. the De Jong that went to Newcastle? But well, didn't I play much. I don't think it was. No, I think it's not it's a him. Different no, because he's only 21. But uh, listen, I don't know. I can't comment, but I will, for our next show, I will be bang up to date. He's probably gone to Barcelona by then. Right, next Monday, we're going to have a full player profile on Frankie de Jong, the new city centre <laughs> defensive midfielder, I think there supposedly. Might be a bit of bidding for him. I know Barcelona was linked with him, so I think there might be yeah. a bit of bidding. Barcelona, PSG, Spurs, all interested, apparently. Right. So he's certainly hot property, even if none of us We'll probably have it all down the line. Come and then on, Jim. We'll nick him at the end. Right. And then United will come in and nick him. <laughs> Gary Owen, Mickey Thomas, thank you very much for your time on the Football Thanks Social. Jim, oh, Jim. Always a pleasure, Jim. Those boys will be back on Friday looking ahead to the weekend's games and the Football Social will be back tomorrow. A special one for City fans. Ian Cheeseman will be here with Forever Blue. Don't forget you can get all these shows as podcasts and as YouTube videos. Just head to excessmanchester.co.uk for all the links you need. Right, I'm going to stick around for a bit and play you some music. Going to get you some Coldplay on, some Radiohead and a bit of Royal Blood as well. This is Excess Manchester. Excess Manchester. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, 
sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.